You are tuned in to On Air with Chris Janifel. Welcome back to a special episode of On Air with Chris Shanafel and with so much going on in the world due to the coronavirus pandemic uh, and with the sports world among those being put on a standstill, I found myself last Sunday watching Super Bowl 41 Indianapolis Colts against the Chicago Bears and our next guest made a couple of plays in that game for the winning team. It's a pleasure to welcome onto the show Taiwan Hagler, former Indianapolis Colts linebacker and special team standout. Kankakee, Illinois native. Taiwan, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat this evening. How's everything going? How's life after football? Uh, life has been great. Life has been great, and I greatly appreciate you having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So before we get to your journey and the six years you spent in the National Football League, Taiwan, I want to start things off by talking about your foundation and the things you do in the community. Uh, you're from Kankakee, Illinois, about 45 minutes to an hour south of the city of Chicago, and Every year you guys hold an annual Kids Can Do Football and Cheerleading Camp at your alma mater, Bishop McNamara uh, High School there in Kankakee. You've done this for the past 13 years now. Uh, It's one thing, though, Taiwan, to hold a camp and show face for an hour or two, but what's different about your camps is that this is an all-day event, 8.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon, and from the videos I've seen, you're out there getting after it with these kids uh, on the field as well. Why is it important for you to come out, come back to where it all started for you year after year and make an impact on the youth in the south suburban area of Chicago? Um, football, growing up in Kankakee, is just, as a kid, it wasn't a whole lot to do. Um, and obviously, I love the game of football, so I I told myself as a kid, I was like, man, I wish we had a, I wish I had a football camp to go to. It's because I thought it'd be just a lot of fun and just um, for my friends and I could, um, to participate in. And I made, I made a promise to myself that if I was given the opportunity to, um, to somehow, and uh, the opportunity and the platform to somehow orchestrate my own football camp, I'll do so when I become, when I get to that point. And then I was blessed to be at that point and play um, at the National Football League. So my second year, um, my second year after we won the Super Bowl, that's when I started the um, Taiwan Hagler Foundation. Then we, then we, um, then that was a platform for us to start the um, Taiwan Hagler Football Camp. And that's another so thing, been... Taiwan. You, you mentioned how growing up you didn't really have many football camps or any football camps to go out and attend. Um, much respect to you for giving back to the South Side, man. A lot of times we'll see a lot of these. Uh, camps held further up north, Vernon Hills or northwest in Naperville. And, and, you know, no disrespect, those kids deserve it as well. But there's not a lot, as you mentioned, down in the south side. So to see an event like that, you know, down south in Kankakee and to show kids and and the people out there in that area that no matter where you come from, as long as you put the work in, anything is possible. And obviously you're a true testament to that. What are the plans, though, for this summer, Taiwan? Are are, Are we waiting to see where the country will be at within the next month or two to decide whether or not there will be a 14th annual Kids Can Do camp held this summer? Yes, right now it's just a wait and see. And like I said, Grant, we've already started making plans for the camp this upcoming summer, but it's just like it's 
But if it comes down to for everyone out there getting sick, it's not worth it. So right. just right now, it's just a wait and see. But um, I would love, we would love to have it, and we're looking forward. We're going to continue to plan. But if it's, if we think it's going to become, um, won't be healthy, won't, won't be safe enough for us to have it, then we probably will move forward, just postpone until next next summer. And obviously, for more information, listeners can visit TaiwanHagglerFoundation.org. Again, we're chatting with the Kankakee native and the former Indianapolis Colts linebacker and special team standout, Taiwan Hagler. And uh, Taiwan, taking a look at your playing career, you went to the University of Cincinnati where you turned yourself into a fifth-round draft pick. We're one week away from the 2020 NFL draft. Take us back to when you received that phone call from the Colts back in 2005, Taiwan. Who was on the other end of that phone call, and what were the emotions that you were feeling when you seen your name flash across the screen signaling that you were officially a member of the Indianapolis Colts? It was when I seen my name go across the screen, it was a dream come true. Something I've always, I've always pictured and just thought of as a kid, just like, man, I would love to see my name go across the screen to be drafted by a team. Then for it to be um, the Indianapolis Colts, I thought it was just perfect. I thought, um, it aligned well, and I say, and I thank God for it because I grew up in Illinois, went to school in Ohio, then played professionally in Indiana. I was like right, they're right next, to, right in the middle of the um, two cities and the two states, obviously as well. So I thought it was like it was a dream come true. Like it was great to get a call. I believe the first person I spoke to was Bill Polian, the general manager, time Hall of Famer, then also Hall of Fame head coach Tony Dungy. Well, you certainly cannot go wrong with that, especially, you know, the, the and then looking back at what you were able to do, what you were able to experience during your time there. And we'll certainly get to that. But what what were your interactions like with the Colts leading up to the draft, Taiwan? Uh, I, I like to cover the draft quite a bit, and I, I talk to hundreds of prospects every year leading up to the draft. I've talked to many guys that had no interactions with teams uh, that they would go on to be drafted by. And I've talked to guys that had a lot of interactions with teams that they would go on and get drafted by. What were, what were the interactions like uh, with the Indianapolis Colts for you back in 2005 leading up to the draft? I was following the side of no interactions. That's one team. <laughs> Indianapolis was one team I didn't talk to at all. So it, just, it never crossed my mind that I'd be playing. However, I did fit their system perfectly, but I never, it never crossed my mind. So. Definitely, like I said, it was definitely a blessing to mm-hmm. come to a to be drafted to a team that obviously has future Hall of like obviously multiple Hall of Famers already. As far as GM, coach, wide receiver, then actually then running back Edron James, then Peyton Manning coming up, Robert Mathis, Reggie Wayne, and then I can go down the list <laughs> with Freeney. But however, like I said, definitely a blessing. But yes, Indy is a team that I never talked to throughout the whole process. Well, let, let's go down that list, uh, Taiwan. I mean, looking at some of the names on those Colts teams that you were a part of, you had some guys with uh, quite a bit of character. It all obviously starts with Peyton Manning, but as you mentioned, you oh, got yeah. Marvin, Reggie Wayne, Dallas Clark on defense, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. I mean, the linebacker room alone with Gary Brackett, yourself, Cato June. What was it like working with and being around those guys on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis, year-by-year basis in the National Football League? It was awesome. It was awesome. It was a great experience. Like I said, we all, like I said, we all played multiple years together. Then we became like brothers. So we um, we did everything together. Like obviously, obviously, we worked together. We um, practiced together. Then also went out to dinner um, a lot of nights. Then they said even just traveling together as well. Like I said, we just, we enjoy life because we felt the most comfortable amongst us, amongst each other. So we was like, hey, let's 
we might as well do everything else together. Let's let's have fun. But like I said, it was it was awesome. Great experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Do you keep in touch with any of those guys uh, today? Yeah, sparingly I do. Yeah, sparingly I do. Like Robert Matthews is actually one of the closest guys I was to on the team, so yeah, so I'm rooting for him to, to become that first ballot guy. Well, his chances are, are certainly looking great, and you know, there's a bunch of Hall of Famers on that list. Obviously, oh yeah, um, Reggie Wayne is on his way. Peyton is on his way. Uh, Dwight yeah. Gray, I mean, so on and so forth. Um, how about yeah. a welcome to the NFL moment, Taiwan? How how quickly did that come for you? Was it your first day at the facility? Maybe it was a moment in training camp or a, a game itself. Can you look back at, at a specific moment and say to yourself, that was a quote-unquote welcome to the NFL moment? The thing, what comes to mind is my, like, I missed my whole rookie season. I had sports hernia, so I had to have surgery, what have you, so I missed my whole rookie season. And my second year, came in, um, it was a, I would say my first preseason game, it was we went down to St. Louis to play the Rams, and then the first play I was in, the quarterback and center fumbled the exchange, and then uh, and then the quarterback picked up the ball and pretty much tried to run with it, and like I said, my first play ended up being my first tackle. So I was like, alright, welcome to, welcome to the NFL. I, I got that nervousness out of me, that first hit, alright, let's play ball. And, and then the rest is history. The rest is his history. What was would that be back when was it Mark Bulger was the quarterback? I, I believe it. I believe it was. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe it was. Well, that second year of yours, uh, Taiwan, uh, that that would obviously be the year that the Colts won the AFC South with a 12 and four record, uh, defeating the Chiefs, Ravens, and Patriots in the playoffs to meet the Chicago Bears in Super Bowl 41 in Miami. What was that week of preparation like for you specifically, Taiwan? Not only were you playing in the biggest sporting event in the country, but you're also going up against uh, your hometown team in the Chicago Bears, a team I assume you you probably grew up rooting for. I'm sure that added another twist to the entire thing, no? Yes and no, actually, because, yes, I grew up a huge Bears fan, still a huge Bears fan, still cheer them on. Um, and I still, even when I played in the NFL, I cheered them on except when they played us. Um, but um, that week, it was actually the, the coaches and um, the coach did a great job of keeping it as like business, business as usual. So we just we we treated it like a regular game, we, like we did the um, previous games during throughout the playoffs and throughout the regular season. So um, like I said, we just we all we we all it was actually it was great to be in South Florida and not have to practice in the cold, what have you. Then you can. Um, Go go relax on the um, beach after the after a long day of work, but uh, but like I said the week it was it was a um, it was pretty surreal. Like I said, just with all the hoopla going on as far as the Super Bowl, but we had curfew, so we weren't able to partake in a lot of a lot of the um, Super Bowl festivities. But we kept it as um, business as normal. We had a regular week of practice, and then the night before the game, and I was like, hey, all right, it's gonna be the biggest stage that I can ever play on. So let's do it. Then we went out there and took care of business. Like it sucked to have to do it to my own to my um my my um Chicago Bears. However, hey, they didn't draft me. The coach did, so so be it. That's right. That's right. So you know that that if I'm not mistaken, Taiwan, that was back when the Pro Bowl was played after the Super Bowl, correct? Yes, it was after the Super Bowl. Okay, so yeah, you guys obviously had just the one week to prepare as opposed to the two weeks they get now. Um, yeah. So. All right, so we've heard stories. I mean, this 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 was 13 years ago now, believe it or not. 
Um, rumor has it, wow. Taiwan, Tony Dungy was preaching, do not kick the ball to Devin Hester. Don't kick the ball to number 23. Game day rolls around on the opening kickoff. Adam Vinatieri kicks the ball. It's in the air, lands in Hester's hands, and he takes it 92 yards for a touchdown. Was that kind of the call all, all week long, preparing for the Super Bowl? Don't kick to Hester. What happened? Why was the ball kicked to Hester? And what was going on through your mind after that play was made? Actually, not really. During the week, we was like, we're, we're up for the count. We told them, like, we want them to kick it to him. <laughs> so we wasn't going back down. I was like, all right, kick it to him. We can cover. However, that first play, then that first play took place. I'm like, hey, all right, can't kick it to him again. So, <laughs> um, but then after that first yeah, after that first play, we decided not to kick it to him. Then kind of squibbed a couple times, what have you. But just took him, we just pretty much took him out of the game plan. And then we took care of business on, other, on defense and offense. Yeah, I mean, things certainly went your guys' way shortly after that. You would actually go on to uh, recover a fumble in that game on special teams, and, of course, the Colts yes, would go on to defeat the Bears 29-17. to What was the celebration like afterwards in the locker room, and even days after seeing as it was the very first Super Bowl that the organization has won there in Indianapolis? The Colts have won back in 1970, but that was back when they were in Baltimore. This was the city Baltimore. of Indianapolis's first Super Bowl champion. Yes, um the locker room it was it was so fun. It was so fun. Everybody smiling, hugging, a lot of water being thrown, what have you, but then everybody's just ready to get out of that locker room so we can get back to the hotel and just enjoy ourselves and go back and, and enjoy our families because our families were down there watching the game. So it's wonder to just bask in the experience and just like, man, season's over. We won the big game. righty, let's go enjoy ourselves. Were you able to enjoy the halftime show at all? Uh, obviously, you guys went into halftime sixteen lead, <laughs> and uh, you know it, it, it's going down as one of the best halftime performances of all time. Obviously, had headlined by Prince himself, and, and then you know you had the, the the it started downpour during the performance. I mean, it, it was really a, a perfect performance all in all. Um, were, were you able to kind of tune in a little bit during the Tony Dungy? Speech or uh, were, were other things on your mind? <laughs> Not at all. We we didn't have any. It wasn't on the TVs and the, the locker room or anything. So we were just hey to talk about all right what changes we need to make, what the, the few adjustments. But um, other than that, our coach Coach Dundee never wants to make a lot of changes during halftime. You say hey, we got a little bit more extra time. Would have been a halftime show at the Super Bowl. So just get off your feet and relax. So really, we, we relax and just talk. And just to discuss what we're going to do differently as far as um, for the second half. But then that was really it. A few more questions for Taiwan Hagler, the former NFL linebacker, special team standout, and Super Bowl champion here on air. And, uh, Taiwan, you would spend your first five years in the league with the Indianapolis Colts. And then in 2010, you had a short stint with the Seattle Seahawks before landing back in Indianapolis for a year. If I'm not mistaken, that second stint with the Colts, you intercepted a pass from Carson Palmer, took it 35 yards for a touchdown. You also recovered an onside kick later in the year and uh, took it 41 yards for a touchdown against the Jaguars. Um, that would wind up being your final season in the NFL. When did you know that you weren't going to be playing any longer? When did you know that you were going to hang up the cleats? Or was that something that was kind of out of your power in the league kind of forced you into retirement? Yeah, well, you know, um, 99% of the people, uh, uh, players in the NFL don't retire on their own terms. So, yeah, that was just happened to be one of the 
the case for me. If it was, I, I would like to play a couple more years. However, like I said it just wasn't in the card. So I'm thankful and blessed for the um, career that I did have. Certainly, and uh, obviously we are now a week away from the NFL Draft, Taiwan. What advice would you give to the 2020 NFL Draft class, specifically the late-round guys? I mean, you were a fifth-round draft pick yourself coming out of the University of Cincinnati. You made sure you were going to stick around once you got the call. Last year, we've seen a third-round draft pick not even make it past the preseason before he was cut. The average career, as, as we know, lasts about three years in the NFL. And as you said, um, certainly more guys than not end their career, uh, not on their own terms. Um, what advice would you give to those who are currently on the doorstep of the NFL? Um, I would just say um, it's really as far as where you drafted, it's just it's out of your control. So just just continue to pray and just stay ready for when your, when your um, number is called. Like I say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen fairly quickly. So you're going to be into those rookie mini camps, what have you. Well, assuming what things are better with the um, pandemic. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, just I just tell them just to be ready. But the most important part, just make sure your body is ready. Make sure you're in shape. Well, but um, like I said, out of the net, then get some sleep because the night before I was drafted, I probably got maybe an hour or two sleep. I couldn't. I was just, just the, the unknown just kept me up all night. So that night that I was drafted, I slept. Yeah, I mean it's it's the uh, it's the the day that you worked uh, you know just about all your life for. It's the thing that you dream of uh, doing. Playing uh, so many of these guys, you know, dream of playing at the next level. Dream of making professional football their job, their profession. Um, so obviously, very uh, very nerve wracking times, no doubt about it. Taiwan, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat tonight. Had a lot of fun chatting with you, talking about your career and obviously uh, your your foundation as well. Again, it's always great to see guys from the state of Illinois, especially the south side, go on and have success. So uh, if you could, just please remind the listeners where they can follow you and your foundation at before uh, we let you go. Okay. I always have updates on the, uh, at TaiwanHagwayFoundation.org as far as my um, – Philanthropic, um, philanthropic um, endeavors, and also you can always um, post on my um, my Instagram and my Twitter as far as with spark updates as well. So please tune in. I look forward to seeing some of you guys at our event. Awesome, sounds good, Taiwan. Thanks so much for your time. Congrats on all the success, and uh, really, uh, really appreciate what you're doing out in the community, and wishing you all the best. Thank you. Same to you.